So yeah, this is Christ Lesson 4, Resurrection and Ascension. This is our final in the Established 101. Um, and so I brought, you can see some of our old, old uh, things here. Um, I'll be flipping through this book down here, but these will be our primary uh, two pictures for tonight. So we have uh, the image here of, of the Marys and uh, an angel in the tomb where, where Jesus was. And then here we have Jesus uh, ascending to the heavens. So that's, that's our stories for tonight. Um, but before we get too far in there, um, can you guys remember last week's, I'm sure you can, <laughs> last week's lesson and what, uh, what the core truth or the, the core takeaway was? The hooks, it's fi it was finished, or it is finished, that's right. That's right, watch your bag might blow away there, Brett. I saw the wind catch it a bit. Um, yeah, so Jesus said that, of course, when he was on the cross. And um, and what what did we take away from what the it was? What, I mean, I know you sort of encapsulated it in a term that we all know, but how do we, how do we unpack what that was? What was the it that was finished? <clears throat> Sin debt paid once for all. How was that a, how, in the crucifixion? How was that accomplished? Like, what was sort of the the legalese, if you want to say? Yeah, yeah. God, God demanded um, a sacrifice, um, death penalty. That's right. Because yeah, God's holiness, as we I think we drew out of last lesson, that was reinforced quite strongly that he couldn't compromise, that there was still a debt to be paid. I mean, and, uh, and so God's justice was satisfied. His wrath was on Christ for um, that time, those, those hours that he was on the cross. Um, yeah, Jesus was that final perfect substitute, sacrificial, paschal lamb, some have uh, used that term. Um, and one of the one of the contrasts I think that we used for our group last week was: is there times where we feel like we need to finish an aspect of it, and um, and we rejected that uh, a lie that we have an aspect to to complete in it that Christ finished it all, he, uh, like every sin. Like we weren't even born yet, and he and he already offered forgiveness for the sins that we hadn't even committed, um, and and he satisfied all of God's wrath um, over every and all sin. And, and he broke the curse. We talked of um, uh, the curse from, from when, the Satan, uh, when the serpent in the garden uh, was told that he will crush your head. Well, here the curse of, of sin, sickness, and death um, was dealt with. It was broken. And, and in that, the power of Satan was also broken. So here we, we, we launch forward into the completion of that story. He spoke it as finished in such a forward-looking way. We knew there was more to the story to, to truly finish it, so to speak, but it was as good as finished because we, we have seen again and again that God is faithful to his promises, that he doesn't... You guys still hearing me? <laughs> yep. Um, he's faithful to his promises, and, uh, and he always ensures that his plans prevail. And so... Um, my, my train of thought with that jingle just got derailed slightly, but 
Um, so anyways, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the speaker's like jingling beside me. It's only done it maybe once or twice, but I'm glad you're still with us. So God, God I did this to re, because he made us in his image for a relationship with him, right? And, and so here going forward, uh, we, we have the full story. And, and um, tonight we're just going to dive into the remainder of that, uh, what that promise was, that God is true to his word. Um, and nothing would prevent him from, from completing what he wanted to accomplish. Um, is there anywhere that we have seen so far where he wasn't true to his character, God, or where he didn't come through in what he said he would come through? No. I mean, it's, he's been perfectly, his track record is perfect, right? And, I mean, the closest thing a person could say is, well, there are promises that have yet to be fulfilled, and that's as close as you could get. But they, the track record being perfect, the likelihood of the remainder of the things being fulfilled is perfectly sure. <laughs> um, that would come up in one of the passages that you had us read to. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did what we dig into and remind ourselves of last week maybe run through your mind this week like in the last seven days or encourage you or did, did Jesus remind you of just sort of something a particular aspect of, of what he did for you on the cross or um, or of God's character in your life personally well I think it's come up about three times since for me that people have talked about end times and being prepared you know looking for him and that's a lot to do with what we're doing this week on his resurrection and his coming back but we need to be ready for and looking forward and praying for him to come again yeah but it does more fill in that this is today it wasn't so much last week yeah yeah we have great assurance <laughs> oh and in proverbs when i was reading proverbs 67 16 it says we can make our plans, but God is the one who gets us there. <laughs> he directs our steps. Yeah, yeah that's does. right. That's right. It's encouraging for me, and, and I think that's a bit of what I was touching on last week. But I don't know if I articulated it very well. But just that, yeah, he he ensures it happens <laughs> even for us, in us, through us. He gives us these <laughs> these desires to will and to work according to His good pleasure. I'm just turning you up. Uh, the last part, <laughs> a lot of the chapters on woes against uh, teachers of the law and Pharisees, the hypocrites, and kind of rises at a peak when he says they would be held accountable uh, for the blood of the prophets from righteous evil all the way to Zechariah. Yeah, 
at the same time the blindness of Satan, <laughs> who was, whether wittingly or unwittingly, not actually bringing about the means for our sins being paid for. I think for myself too, just this last week, just thinking of all that, all that was moved and accomplished um, for the glory of God just reminded me how much, it, for me it tied in of how much Christ is my, Christ is my friend, Jesus is my friend. And uh, I feel like it's, it's, that's a truth that I feel like I have not, can you guys hear? Oh, what? You're connected. Just win. Oh. I think I should just turn the speaker off for now. Let's try it. See what happens. Sorry, Tony, can you say that all over again? <laughs> just kidding. In summary, do you want a summary? Summary st- sentence? That's better. But, uh, when Jesus was pronouncing his woes against the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, uh, he's, he's kind of uh, peaked at saying that they would be uh, held accountable from for the blood of all the prophets from Abel to Zechariah and uh, because Jesus knew that they were get, wanting to kill him as well um, but despite all these evil intentions uh, it was playing right into God's plan for redeeming us through Christ's blood, through Christ's death. Yeah, God's providence, <laughs> God's will. Did you guys have any new thoughts beyond sort of maybe how that truth spoke to you or the reminder of the truths of it's finished? Do you guys have new thoughts from, from that moving forward? Yeah, kind of takes you to that place of, um, I think a lot of people go to church and do these things because they feel like they should, but it takes, like what you said there, takes you to a place of like adoration and awe and true love, eh? True love with our Savior. Have you guys, this is a little harder one, have you guys experienced it being finished lately in, in any yeah. <laughs> That's a harder question, but God ain't finished working on But salvation as far as saved from sin, that is complete. Right. sanctification that is promise and that I think probably was complete through what Christ did on the cross as well um, but the, the, the process of becoming that in the, the practical terms is still being worked out yeah yeah 
But even the process is grounded in finished work, right? Hmm. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Like it's working out what is in a sense already accomplished. <laughs> it's a mind bender, hey? <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you, guys. Um, so as we sort of set up this lesson and, l and look at these pictures here, um, death of, uh, of Jesus wasn't the end of the story as we know it. <laughs> um, he promised that he would rise again. It was spoken of uh, previously, you know, when he talked of even the temple being rebuilt in three days. And so... As the story goes, as, as those of you who had time to, to dive into the scripture, and, and we'll, we'll actually read um, all of Luke 24 here after, after sort of a brief cap, encapsulation of the lesson here. But, but there was a few women who went to, to embalm his body. Um, they carried spices, which was a burial custom. They entered the tomb. They were shocked by what they found. Um, they were told, indeed, Jesus had risen. And then they ran off, it says, shocked and joy-filled, <laughs> or, or afraid and, joy and joyful, um, as I imagine every one of us would be, at the very least. And then Peter and John, after hearing, they ran to see, and they only found linens. They were still confused. Um, Jesus ended up, ended up appearing to many. And uh, it was 40 days that he, he was with them uh, before he ascended. And, and he, he told them a couple really amazing things, too, once... Um, once he was risen from the dead and, and, um, and before he, he ascended into heaven. And uh, one of them we know of is the Great Commission, evangelization. And the other one was about the Holy Spirit, that uh, there would be, uh, the Father promised to send them uh, the Holy Spirit. And so they were to wait in Jerusalem. So that, that's kind of the, the story in, in brackets. Um, and, and the hook for tonight is that Jesus came to give life. Jesus came to give life. Um, and we'll bring it up a couple times tonight, but that that's kind of hinges also on our, our core uh, scripture of John 10.10. 10. Um, the thief uh, kills, steals, and destroys, but God has come that we might have abundant life. He has come that we might have abundant life and life to the full. So let's... Um, I know I kind of gave you guys uh, various segments of scripture to read, but I really like how the, ch the 24th chapter of Luke in its entirety uh, covers, covers the breadth from, from the resurrection to the ascension. Um, so it's a bit of a, for us to sit here and read it is a bit more than we usually do, but uh, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, four sections. We could, we could have four people uh, read it out. So maybe the resurrection is one person, the walk to Emmaus is another section, uh, Jesus appears to the disciples, and then the ascension for a short bit. Um, would you be willing to start at least? Not that we have to go in a circle or anything, but... I've got right in front of me, because I'm chronological, I've got Luke 24, 40, uh, appears to the disciples in, in Jerusalem, so somebody else would Okay. I'll do that part. Where are we starting? Uh, Luke chapter 24, the resurrection. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. one of you. <laughs> I don't have the same divisions. Oh, the divisions are different, so 1 to 13. That's funny, I thought the divisions were the same. So yeah, verses 1 to 12, and then at 13, somebody else could pick it up. 13 to, yeah. 
34. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down on their, with their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you, long he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe in them because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, <laughs> however, got up and ran to the tomb. Standing over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. On that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing them, him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into glory? And then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simeon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? 
Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it is really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Judy, did you want to read? Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. When he had done the Thanks, guys. Um, so there we have it, from the resurrection to the ascension. <laughs> um, one of the things that I would like to try to do, but it'll actually involve putting you guys on hold, and but you can actually do it just in the background, is um, oh, the Luke. I should have sent this to, to Kevin and Katie ahead of time, but I can do it here now. The, the Bible Project has a Luke video. I'm going to text it to you, Kevin. Uh, da, da, da. How can I copy this? Copy. <coughs> I'm going to send it straight to you, Kevin, just so that they sometimes have a few of the same or around the same area. There. So, you got it? Cool. Okay, I'm going to put you guys on pause. We're going to watch <laughs> a few minute summary on Luke. Let's watch the video. Here we go. Turn you up. This was the arrival of an unlikely king born in the war of circumstances. Go so quiet. Jesus was a threat. 
Yeah, they had expected to gain power and prestige when this all went down. But Jesus said God's kingdom belongs to the poor, to the outsiders, and that real power is serving others of love. The conflict intensified when Jesus, while in Jerusalem, disrupted the temple sacrifices and called Israel's leaders a gang of rebels. So they arrested Jesus, and they had him accused before the Roman authorities of being a rebel king. He was handed over for execution, even though he was innocent. Then he was taken outside the city and put to death on false charges. This brings us to the final section of the Gospel. There was a religious leader named Joseph who opposed Jesus' execution and then requested to be given his body so he could bury Jesus in a nearby tomb. And then, a couple of days later, some women who had followed Jesus came to visit them, and they found it open and empty. And they encountered these mysterious figures telling them Jesus was alive from the dead. So they run away terrified. Nobody believes their report. I mean, he can't be alive. They all thought he died. Now, just outside of Jerusalem, a pair of Jesus' followers were leaving the city, traveling on a road to a town called Emmaus. And they were sad and confused about everything that had happened. Then Jesus shows up, walking alongside them. But they don't know anything. Yeah, that's weird. Why could they recognize him? Yeah, it's an odd, but really significant image. They're blind to Jesus for some reason. So Jesus asks them, what are you guys talking about? And they begin to tell him about Jesus, a powerful prophet who they expected would rescue Israel, but was instead executed. Some women say he's alive, which is crazy. It's all too much. We're going home. So Jesus tries to explain that this is what the Jewish scriptures had been pointing to all along that Israel needed a king who would suffer and die as a rebel on behalf of those who actually are rebels. And then he would be vindicated by his resurrection so he could give true life to those who would But it's still not making sense. They're as confused as that. Which leads to the scene where they sit down for a meal with Jesus. He takes the bread, he blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to them, just as he did at the last time. Yeah, this is the image of his broken body, his death on the cross. And it's when they take in the broken bread, that's when their eyes are open to see Jesus, then he disappears, and the episode's over. So this is a story about how it's hard to see Jesus for who he really is. Yes, this is real. I mean, how could God's royal power and love be revealed through this man's shameful execution? How could a humble man become the king of the world through weakness and self-sacrifice? It's very hard to see. But this is the message of the gospel of Luke. It takes a transformation of your imagination to see it and embrace Jesus' upside down. The gospel of Luke ends with Jesus and all of his disciples together over another. And everyone's freaking out about his resurrected body. I mean, he's still a human, but way more. Yes, he's passed through death and come out the other side, walking, talking with the chief of new creation. And then Jesus tells them that he's going to give them same divine power that sustains him, so they can go out and share the good news of God's kingdom with other people. After this, Luke tells us that Jesus was taken up into heaven, which is a cool exit and all, but why disappear into the sky? So, in the Old Testament, skies are the place of God. So this is Luke's way of showing that Jesus has been enthroned as the divine king of the whole world. His followers stay in Jerusalem, worshiping God and Jesus waiting for this new power, and this is where the gospel is. Now, Luke is going to write about how they receive this power and take the news out into the world, and that's what his second volume, The Book of Acts, is all about.
You guys back? I feel like I'm at the circus. <laughs> yeah, we're Good. Were you able to watch it, Kevin? Cool. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We've got volleyballs roll. Yeah. Oh, there's like 400 people here. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, there's not all here for this. Okay, <laughs> let's keep rolling. So, what what did you guys discover as we as we dove in there uh, to the verses? What were what were? Let's break this down into. I mean, we have the resurrection, we have the appearance of Jesus to the, to the people, and we have his ascension. Um, let's break it into those three sections. So let's not. Let's try to keep it into those sort of categories. What did you guys see for certain words that stood out to you or key phrases? Um, yeah, that you want to share? Fear or afraid Fear and afraid, yeah. 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 Did not believe. Yeah. Yeah, there was confusion. So so much, right? From the women to those who looked to those who... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think in the, uh, towards the end of uh, Mark's passage, you mentioned that Jesus rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief. Yeah. Yeah, when he appears to them, it's like, you guys aren't getting it still. I wonder what that rebuke was. It a harsh rebuke? Was it a "I love you"? I, I think I, I feel like it was couched in like "I love you" rebuke, maybe. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let Let's walk down that trail a little bit, Brett. So yeah, they. They went with the traditional custom burial items. So, yeah, you said they expected him to be there. So did they have, did they get the message that he would be risen, do you think? Yeah, not at that point. So they were, they were, it seems like they were on autopilot. It's like, well, we're confused. This is what we normally do. What do you, do you think they considered maybe some uh, challenges, hurdles they would have going to to do the spices for the body? I mean, what was what was Jesus buried in? Well, or how was he? Yeah, we had the stone as a, as a, a barrier. <laughs> and there was also guards. Guards, yeah. And it was sealed, right? But it seems like, or what, maybe I'll put this into a question. What, what drove them? I mean, they would have known those objects were in place, I think. Um, what what do you think led them to kind of go anyway? This one talked about their love for him. They wanted to honor him, respect him, and, and take care of that body. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the last thing they could do for him. Right. Yeah, maybe just this like this longing of 
it's all I know. It's all I know to do. You know, even though if it's not right or I don't know how to get around these these hurdles that'll be in the way. <sighs> um, yeah, I think I think that's what I would guess too. Is oh, can you mind grabbing that one by your foot there, Judy? <coughs> um, yeah, I think the love compelled them. They might not have had the answers, but they were wanting to give it a try. <coughs> and so then. At this point in the story, what, what's, in your, in your guys' words, what's happening? They, they went, you started it off there, Brett, with, yeah, the, the, the spices. Sorry, my brain's getting cold. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to speak here soon. Um, it, I think the wind chill is minus one. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what happened after that in, our, in your own words? They were greeted by someone. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Things, things appearing as men. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, that interesting feeling of, of I think, was it you earlier, Janet, said they were afraid. There's the, the contrast of emotions, afraid and joyful. Um, I think I think I get that. <laughs> I think I'd be there too. He's risen. I, I think they said that after he is risen, and so they ran off. It's like I, I I feel like that could be palpable, like that that feeling of afraid and joyful. Um, is there is there certain questions that you guys that came to mind as you were reading through these passages? Initially, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> What's Kevin got to say? What do you want to say, Kevin? Nothing. Nothing. Okay.
Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's another thing. Like in Matthew Gospel, at least three times Jesus tells him the same thing. We're going to Jerusalem, we're gonna be I'm gonna be handed over, betrayed into sinful man, I'm gonna be crucified, and three days later rise again. Three times he told them like you're gonna like okay, you get this yet. Yeah. No. Again. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, it, it, there, there's so much that's puzzling. I, I can, I mean, I think I can get how they wouldn't get it. Be, the humanness of me gets all that, right? Like, but yeah, he, he made, he spelled it out, did he not? But they, they still weren't going to, weren't seeing how the dots would connect. Because um, their expectations were so high on the fact that he was going to be that king that came and, and set them all free like take the authority and he had died yeah how could anything happen now yeah but their expectation was so so focused on that that they, they weren't hearing what you're saying they didn't they couldn't even comprehend what he was saying yeah yeah in fact i think that one of the gospels it says they were starting to ask amongst each other you know what does jesus mean by rising from the dead yeah. Well, even the the strangers on the road, or sorry, the Cleopas and the other on the road to Emmaus, is were were they not too discussing among themselves the events of of late? And uh, so it was it was the talk of town. You know, this one that they thought was going to be king, and he said he was going to rise. And what's yeah? I can only imagine the barbershop talk in Jerusalem then. Yeah. Like, what rock were you under? Like, or behind? What rock were you behind? So when Jesus just says, what things? He asked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, the, the whole order, and I, I was sort of pondering all week, like, why did he roll it out as such? You know, like, why? Yeah, why? Why did he roll it out as such? Why did he kind of keep himself even a bit, like, with those guys, Cleopas, like, a bit hidden, and then a little mysterious slightly to the, to the, to the women and to the disciples? Like, there was sort of, like, this little bits of hiding and leading, hiding and leading. Was it to kind of give that, that oomph, you know, that ta-da, like, you know? Drum roll? I, I'm not sure. What do, you, what do you guys think? Does he do that to us? <laughs> <laughs> Testing of our faith, I think so. You know? Yeah. Um, why, did the, why did the Pharisees have the tomb sealed? Because they remember that he said he's going to rise again. Yeah, they heard the words about the disciples. Uh-oh. And then what did what did the soldiers what did the soldiers testify once once they knew they were in trouble so to speak? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And and that's a and that's a lie that has that has played out to today, right? People deny the resurrection, and whether it stemmed from that and and other places is uh yeah 
right. Yeah, like paralysis took took hold of their body almost. Yeah, you wonder were they were, were did they go like did they faint? You know, from from such shock and fear. Did they know, or were they simpletons? You know. Well, it just sort of goes like uh, God put Adam to sleep and took from his rib. And are there other places where the people were um, asleep or weren't there when the things happened? Uh, the, the guards were the ones that wa- he walked out of prison. Fear. Yeah. They, they were asleep. Yeah, so here we, I mean, they were shocked to a, pain, a point of fainting. I'm, I'm surprised that none of the disciples or women didn't faint at, at the shock. Can you imagine? Like, it's like this person you've been following for the, this length of time. I mean, one of these Marys was the one who had the seven demons cast out of her. So she was just headlong. She, she literally just gave it all up for him and, and, uh, and knew him intimately. And, um, and you're confused, and then now he's risen. When all hope seemed to be dashed, like, could you imagine the shock? I, it's it's hard to grasp, but should it have been a surprise, as you're saying, three times they were mentioned. It was mentioned to them by Jesus. Sh- you know, they should not. He told them it would happen, that he would come back to life and rise rise from the dead. Jesus says that I am the resurrection and the life, that he who believes in me, though he may die, yet he shall live. So these people's hope uh, was back to life again. He wasn't just simply a dead person. Um, and they weren't just left in their, in their sin and bondage. Um, so when Jesus appeared to the, to the disciples... I'm going to give you guys this question. Thank you. (laughs) Right. Yeah, he he walked through the door, or didn't walk through the door, walked through the wall. Or was it door or wall? Whatever. And then, but yet, he ate the, the broiled fish. I, always, I love it when, like, when the word has like, a detail that you're like, well, it's the word, so it's critical that it's there, but it wasn't just like barbecued fish or this kind of fish. It was broiled, so unless your translations say something different. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if that was... <laughs> I don't know. Does anybody know if there's significance behind it being broiled fish? There you go. Yeah, it's not just like a, oh. In their culture, we get it. There are simple words. There would be something in their culture that they, they would understand. Yeah. But we don't get it, but they would. But uh, Luke seems to be a stickler for details. Like, it, like uh, Luke doesn't have as many chapters, but it is actually the longest gospel. And uh, I know there's some things in John that Luke uh, doesn't record, but uh, but uh, Luke just seems to be someone who has meticulous details. Yeah, yeah.
I want to remember that thought for when we get to the ascension, because <laughs> I think there's some interesting words there. Um, so, sorry, I'm just trying to catch up here with, with our thoughts and <laughs> where we're going. With him rising from the dead, what's, why is that so critical that he didn't just say it's finished and that was the end of it? Yeah, it's, hi, how are you? We're having a lesson. <laughs> we have a little kid. <laughs> Happy biking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that, that's just it. I mean, how would, you, how would you understand that it's been paid? You're right, it's raining. How, how would you? <laughs> we have a little a Y scooter kid. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that indeed that the transaction was indeed completed uh, of the debt paid. I mean we we have this sin debt chart that I resurrected from from the dusty closet of all these ones that we covered over uh, the Old Testament saints. Uh, show you guys. Remember the the chart. There it is. Yep. You know, so they they were forward looking to the promises of God, but they didn't. It wasn't completed yet. There was God's God's judgment was forbearing. His grace was also, in a sense, forbearing. Um, and do you remember that? the illustration of the judge I don't know this was this was many lessons ago that we talked about it you know there's a judge there and he, he condemns you to prison or something uh, to, to, a, to a penalty but instead of you paying for it he says I'll take your place how does that person who, who it should have belonged to that payment how does he know that that payment was completed When, when, when the judge or the one who stepped in from, yeah, when he sees him again on the street, you're out. Wow. It, it, you, you, you paid the penalty for my, for my 
crime or what? Yeah, my crime. And so for us, in this context, for our sin. Um, so that's, that's how they know, or that's how we can know too, that Jesus appearing meant that he, he conquered death and therefore he conquered sin. Sin is death. That, that separation is death. Death was not part of the original design. God created uh, everything perfect and death was not part of that picture. And so that's even, it brings us back to one of our original lessons of, uh, of um, excuse me, just how he created things, like how he made the earth mature and death wasn't part of the cycle at that time. Um, so as he, as he offers forgiveness to all who believe in his kingdom, then it's the same, then, then we, get that, we get that assurance that that forgiveness is applied to us, that it, he died in our place because we, are, we go back to the word as our authority. We know it's true. Um, and we know that these, these uh, testimonies of his resurrection um, confirm that he too died in our place. And so God, through Jesus, is declaring that our crime has been fully paid. Um, our substitute was set free. So something massive to praise God for. Um, and this is significant. We had, I asked you guys to bring your, your sin debt uh, ropes tonight, and I had mine, but I think it, I think it fell out of my pocket. Um, um, I mean, I put all of our names here on the chart uh, earlier on, and it's because we have a sin debt. But tonight, as we, as we get to the, to the resurrection of Christ, we can confidently, if our, if our repentance and faith is in his completed work, we can confidently lay it here for the wind to blow away. <laughs> our sin debt ropes. Um, that we have a, a permanently restored relationship um, with Christ both now and forever, that that life in Christ is, is eternal. It is forever. So if you wish, at your leisure, place your, place your sin debt rope um, there, if that's where you identify uh, yourself with Christ and your sins forgiven. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, it, yes, I it perfect. It's gone. Good. There's a, there's a casting off of syndet ropes happening here. It's raining syndet ropes. <coughs> yeah, exactly. So, the, the I don't know if you guys can read this from where you're sitting, but the death in Adam, we're all des- descendants of Adam. And, and this is what we inherited from him. Cut off from God, bodies dying, spirit and, and soul go to the lake of fire. Um, and you see all the pride things in here being ruled by Satan and our pride and sin against God. Um, but as we exchange our sin debt for the abundant life in Christ, this is what we gain. We gain a relationship with God forever and he dwells with, within us. Christ fully paid for all of our sin and he's, and he's our righteousness. Christ is now our very life. Christ sets us free from shame and fear. Christ leads us toward uh, humility and admitting our sin. This is kind of difficult, reading backwards and upside down. Enemies of Satan and being changed into Jesus' image. So yeah, we're taken from being on Satan's team to being on Christ's team. Um, We're forever sons and daughters of the eternal King Jesus, and he blesses us in that relationship Christ paid our sin debt, and we see that by him being set free. 
um, and rising from the dead because he satisfied God's wrath. He's being perfect and sinless. He was the only one that could that could take on the wrath of God and, and be triumphant. He's the author of life. He's a giver, sustainer, source of life. And he, so he conquered death, crushing Satan's head, the, the head of the serpent. And so, as it says in the, in the verse uh, where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and life. Uh, any man who believes in me, though he may die, yet he shall live. That, that's what we're getting at here, though. Our bodies still die. Uh, we receive a new, uh, perfect one, a, a, an eternal... Our, our soul and spirit go to live with him in heaven and our bodies will be resurrected uh, and it will be perfect. And our spirit and soul will dwell with God forever. We're under the blessings of God permanently. So it's a pretty good, pretty good deal. <laughs> Sorry guys. Uh, are you able to see these? Take a screenshot. <laughs> So, knowing that Jesus rose from the dead, it, it's crucial. Um, where does it say, like, if he didn't rise from the dead, our, our faith would be for naught, essentially? 1 Corinthians 15. So, if you guys were there in, that, in the time of the disciples and you saw him risen, what would, your, what would go on in your, in your thinking, in your hearts? What would you be wondering? What questions might you have? I think I'd be awestruck. Yeah. Then I think then there would be the confirmation of everything he said. That, that, then that would be important. Then I'd really come to believe it, which obviously is. Yeah. Hope would explode. <laughs> yeah. In, in incomparably so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the closest thing I can think of is the feeling I had <laughs> you have as a kid when it's Christmas morning or something, right? Like that times a million, right? Um, what, as we think of, of his time with the, with the disciples and the people, those 40 days, what thoughts come to mind for you guys with, with him and how he appeared to the women first and then the disciples? And uh, Do you guys have... Were there, were there certain words there that stood out to you guys, or phrases, or <coughs> questions, comments? One thing that stood out to me actually was what you in Acts 1 3 that after his suffering, he showed himself to his head and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He pitched them over a period of 40 days. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, again, it was, I mean, kind of back to the de detail of the broiled fish, it's like the 40 days gave more, there was the detail, there was the evidence. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine being the, the man in that room and, you know, probably wallowing, <laughs> having a pity party. What do we do next? Like, now what? I've given up everything for this and now the one who claimed to give life, is he going to be, is he going to come back? Is he going to do what he said to do? And, and then there he comes, and, and he is with them. And I think just that thinking, like, he's right around here with us right now, or when we're in our bedroom and trying to hide away and do those things that aren't right, he's there. Yeah. Like, he was with them. That's an evidence that he could see, he could think what they were, where they were at, walked with them, talked with them, ate with them. Yeah. He wants us to do that too. But. Yeah, we have that same access. One phrase, everything written Everything written what, sorry? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And going back to his track record, we know those musts will happen. Hmm. One of the ones that. Did you want to mention? Pardon? I was going to say, I was wondering, did you mention the, your, your open? I was just about to, actually. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that, yeah, stood out to me was. and. And uh, there was a Bible commentary I read that, that tipped it off, <laughs> um, is, is the word opened. So as Jesus came to give life, that's our hook. It's like you look at all the things he opened in order to make that possible. Um, you said in Acts 1-3, Brett, that Jesus was seen by many people with convincing proofs he was alive. And, and you look at all the things that, that happened around that to make, to make that true. Um, his appearing in Luke chapter 24, Jesus opened their understanding uh, to comprehend all the scriptures and the law, the prophets, uh, all that Moses, the law, the prophets would say, the third one, but it's basically in Psalms. Yeah. So to them, he's saying every, the scriptures, all of it, because to them, that was their Old Testament. They opened their understanding to comprehend all these scriptures. Um, and jumping ahead a bit today with the Holy Spirit, we have that access of understanding 
because we have the whole scripture, we have the Holy Spirit. Um, and then, and then um, he op- the, the, the tomb was opened in verse uh, 12. The home was open in verse 29 as he came into them. He came into the disciples there. Uh, or sorry, as he came in with the Cleopas and, and the other. Uh, they opened their home to him and he came in. Um, their eyes were opened in verse 31 of Luke 24. Uh, he opened the scriptures in verse 32. He opened their lips in verse 35. He opened their understanding in verse 45. And he opened the heavens in verse 51. I thought that was really cool to see like, he gives understanding. He opens their hearts. He opens their understanding. Um, and for me, it's like it kind of brought it back to like he opened the Holy of Holies, right? As we looked at the last lesson and, um, and the, the curtain was torn, rent, and, rent twain. I just love that. <laughs> that it, you know, that we ha- he opened access to God. He opened uh, the way. He cleared the way. And, and he does that through all these things. I, I thought that was really powerful and to see it uh, so clearly like that um, was there any other words or, or things like that, that that jumped or you guys saw repeated that you want to share You're asking, how is the power to be seen today? Well, yeah, this is, I mean, that, uh, what questions come to mind as you read? Yeah, that was uh, one of them. Yeah, and, uh, Anything come to mind? Or you're tabling it for us? <laughs> sure. I can learn from others. <laughs> you, got, you guys hear his question? Can't? How, how do we... Or do you want to say it again? How does the... Jesus said that we would receive when the Holy Spirit comes. How, how do we, how should we see that power in Christ's followers today? How can we see the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ's followers today? So we're ta- we're putting that question on the table here for for us for everybody.
tucking some of the rustling opportunities away. It is interesting because, like Kevin said, um, our past, like Pastor Barry, is preaching on Luke. Oh we're yeah. Studying Luke and into Acts, and here's established 101. We're finishing up, going into Acts or into Luke and Acts. Hmm. So it's it's been pretty powerful the last few That's weeks. That's cool. To have the double double dipping, oh, so to speak. Double dipping, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And the power of the Holy Spirit. When you think of some of the work too that some of these missionaries have done over the years in the last you know century or two, and where they've gone and the power, like you know. <laughs> Some of them I know are like superheroes in my mind, but like you think of like John Patton, John G. Patton, I think it was, you know, to the New Hebrides. It's like you get these guys, you know, George Mueller, all these ones that went to Hudson Taylor, you know, they had the things that they had to come against. It's like that must have been the Holy Spirit, you know, that, that allowed them, enabled them to be able to undertake so much. But um, I think, too, just for like all of us who are, you know, maybe we would say a little more no normal or, or not, you know, we're not in the ordinary um yeah it's uh I, I mean i kind of think of it in reverse it's like okay so what we have is what we have but what was it like to not have you know like pre-holy spirit um and, and it's like trying to i don't know it's impossible i think to imagine clearly because it's like we only know what it is to have the holy spirit as believers you know we can't imagine what it's like to be believers without the holy spirit um, so I guess I think by faith I, I sort of take that power to mean like the insight that we get to the scripture must be greater than what Old Testament believers had so to speak or um, yeah po the power to witness to, um, to testify must be more powerful than what those without the Holy Spirit had as believers speculative I don't have <laughs> I don't have scripture for that, but. But if he hadn't risen from the dead, we wouldn't even have anything that we're really so set to witness for. Like Peter died. These, the disciples ended up being uh, killed themselves. And, and we know that we could be killed by speaking out boldly about Christ. And if it wasn't for his resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit, why would we even do those things? Yeah. Well, there would be no gospel. No. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and it is, it kind of goes, it goes against the natural human instincts of self-preservation to deliberately not deny something that will result in your death. Or stay on the course that will <laughs> He's just talking about mar basically martyrs, right? Uh, who? Yeah, when you reposition the speaker, the wind is a little louder now. The Not wind? Better. Oh, crazy. Um, he was just saying, like, people are willing to die for their faith, martyrs, because of, of, of knowing 
that Christ lives, right? That he is real. Um, how will we look at the, the final words that Jesus gave there? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to go back and forth with all my papers here because of the wind, but let's look at those final... Uh, the ascension here. In... in uh, sorry. Where am I? Luke 24. Uh, 24 verse 50. Or sorry, I'll back up a little bit. So starting in, um, in verse 47, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshipped him, and then returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy, and they spent all of their time in the temple, uh, praising God. So, the last moments that Jesus had bodily with his with his disciples, with his followers. What did he, what did he say? What, what's what's going to happen? That's the part of receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift that the Father had promised to give us. Yeah, the Father had promised it. So again, we know that his track record is, track record is perfect, so we know that, that it's going to happen. So he tells them to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. That would be the most amazing present to wait for <laughs> in the world. And, and he tells them the message of, of repentance and faith, too, just prior to that, and that you're going to proclaim this to all the nations. Um, where does it say here in... Yeah, in... Uh, yeah, 47, to proclaim it among the nations. And then I was quickly trying to find it in the other, in uh, Mark, uh, oh, Mark as well. 16, 15 to 18. Yep, I got that. Oh, thank you. And he told them, starting at 15, he told them to go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So that was sort of, as I was thinking of, of our group tonight and and uh, one of the big things that we can take away, I mean, he, he promised to send the Holy Spirit. So we have the Holy Spirit for, for those of us that repent and believe in his completed work on the cross, um, that he is Lord. And, and so his, his final instructions are, is the Great Commission uh, to us here and now. And, and I sort of was thinking, this is, this is a big takeaway for us. Is, uh, and I know a lot of us take this seriously, that, that we're to, to witness to our neighbors, to our family, to, to the, wherever the Lord leads, the people in our circles of influence. Um, and, and I think that's just another good shot in the arm for us, you know, to, I mean, to take advantage of every opportunity that he gives us. And I, I know we can get into our, into our patterns of living and, and, and uh, our routines, I mean, 
and it can get hard to sort of break out of it and and uh, find new opportunity to talk to people about God. But yeah, we're to we're to tell people the story as his ambassadors. You guys have any thoughts on on that aspect in our world, in our setting, in Whitehorse? Well, I think COVID nineteen. They talked about it being like a reset. And what are our priorities? And it really does seem to um, have brought us around to focus on God. And uh, what does His Word say? And um, actually, looking at the freedoms we have in the mm. yeah. But not to be lukewarm about it. Right. And, yeah. And praying for others and actually being able to witness. And it kind of gave gave the world a little bit of a shake. I'm not convinced it was enough of a shake, but <laughs> somewhat of a shake anyways. Um, I mean, I think it's, yeah, as it's easy to be in, in our routines and, and, and patterns of, of just week in and week out, I think, I mean, I have to pray even as a you know, missionary here, that that God would lead me to these people, that He would bump me out of the comforts even already. You know, we've been here coming up one year, and it's like already, it's like I've got my patterns in my week, right? And where I go and who I see, and um, it's like we need to be bold with the Holy Spirit to to take advantage of of opportunities. Um, and it's it, it I I am convinced. You know, I mean, in a sense. We are, we are all, I mean, we're all ambassadors of Christ no matter what. So we all have a message to proclaim, but um, not a but. It can be difficult to get to a place where somebody's willing to hear you, wanting to hear you, or, or we are bold enough to step out and do it. But let's, let's continue to press on. <laughs> let's continue to press on. I, I read um, something in a commentary just today actually that that in in the year 2000 so here we are 20 years past so i don't know what the stat is already but in the year 2000 um half half of the people were living that had ever lived on the world they said and i thought that was astounding half of the people in the year 20 yeah 2000 half of the people who had ever lived were living in the year 2000 so the task is monumental. The task increases. The, I mean, people continue to ha- have children and, and babies, and, and uh, there's a great task before us. But we have the Holy Spirit. We have the power from God on high uh, to accomplish this work. Uh, Jesus has, has resurrected, even though many reject this truth. Um, we have opportunity to trust God and to trust His leading and power um, to evangelize, to, to be witnesses, to be disciple makers. What, is, what do you guys think, just a kind of an ad-lib question here quick, what do you guys think is the biggest hurdles to, to doing that today, to, like to, for yourself? Fear came up a number of times here, like, uh, like even, um, yeah, the women feared telling people at first, they did Rejection, fearing of not being believed. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of For me, that hesitation, I would draw back to some sort of fear. Of fear or another. 
have access to that. It says, is it in Ephesians, where it says the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us? So, yeah, we have, we have a lot going for us. <laughs> but I mean, in, in truth, like even tonight setting up here and having just people in proximity, I was like, oh, you know, it's like, well, great, you know, really the feeling should be great. They could hear the truth, you know, and God could use that. Um, like but that little kid. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come here. Let me tell you about your sin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. There's lots of ropes. Start picking them up. But yeah. Something else that is coming up in our other study is because we are not desperate enough. Like you've been in other countries and you know the desperation. People don't have what we have. We, we have things. We are very independent. We really don't need God. Yeah. And we're in that lukewarmness is Revelation talks about. Well, there's a lot of, as tonight's hook being that Jesus came to give life, people see that life is available in other areas, so to speak. You know, we have confidence in our medical system. We have confidence in, you know, eating right and exercising right. And, you know, that, that's life. That's the abundant life, you know, that people, I think, more cling on to, right, and make an idol. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that you know what, where the thing is and how they view the world that, that uh, <coughs> is going to be a hook to get in. To. Yeah. Well, I think, I wonder if more and more that is what God would have us to do in the Yukon in Canada is take the long road um, to, to build a platform so then you can build foundationally. Um, biblically like what I'm saying is build a platform of relationship so that then you can teach the Bible foundationally one day like last year there was uh, there was somebody that I got I picked up something off Facebook marketplace for free and then as I as I left I just had this like feeling of inviting him and his girlfriend down for a campfire and so they did and now it's like nearly a year later and we've been in touch and and uh, yeah, we're always we're always connecting now, but on a weekly basis, and it's just it's usually nothing long or significant. But he likes to garden a bit, and he's active, and um, we have some shared interests. And um, but you know what? There's there hasn't been a whole lot of space yet for for things of God. I mean, he did ask a long time ago about like where do I couch? What was it? Bad things that happen. Where do I couch that in my thinking? Yeah. And uh, that was about the closest we got, but. But yeah, I think, I think we need to push ourselves to that. Hey, those little promptings. I think we need to be a little bit of talkers in a sense of like be, taking interest in people, right? Jesus was a good listener. Yeah. We want to be good listeners. I mean, even people like, like, I mean, you look at the demographics or the, the, the cultures that are in Whitehorse now. And when did you get here? How long have you been here? What's your mother tongue? <laughs> what, what do you guys eat? You know, these kinds of things. But... Jesus told us to evangelize. That was the last thing that he told. To be disciples, disciple makers. To, you know, in, in Jerusalem, 
Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So here we are at the ends of the earth. <laughs> this is the ends of the earth. You know, often we think of Africa and Papua New Guinea as the ends of the earth, but, uh, or uh, Guatemala. <laughs> but um, we are the ends of the earth, really. Um, what a privilege that we have, have God's word um, in our language that we can read it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. He showed. So tonight, too, I wanted to, to mark on our promises of the deliverer chart that are being fulfilled. Um, I'll show Kevin and Katie here, too. <laughs> the last three there. Buried with the rich, rise from the dead, return to heaven, are fulfilled in Mark 15, 16, and Acts 1, 9. So again, we have more assurances that these things must happen, they did happen. We have the promise, the promise keeper. What is that one song? The promise keeper, the covenant keeper, the, that kind of runs through these different ones, but this is who God is. Promise keeper, covenant keeper. And as we look at our, our timeline that we had, um, you guys remember that long timeline? Here, here it is in kind of two, two sections. I mean, we've come all the way through, actually. Do I still have that circle? Oh, you got the circle. Do you want to hold it up for me, Tony? That one actually is kind of just because it's, it's penciled in a bit. And it takes us up to, it, it brings us all the way up to the church. I mean, we didn't get into Acts chapter 2 yet, but essentially now the church, the New Testament church is born. So we had God the Father, the triune God, the God the Son, the God the Holy Spirit at the beginning of time. And we ran all the way through, you know, from creation uh, of the angels, the fall of Lucifer, the fall of Adam and Eve, um, all the way through now to Jesus and his disciples and now the church. Jesus has, has ascended to heaven. He promises to come back in the same way that he ascended. He ascended in the clouds. He will come back in the clouds bodily. Um, and we are to proclaim the message of, of repentance and faith. Um, and then you see the, the timeline there at 100. We have the Catholic Church, the Latin Bible, the Muslim faith. It all comes all after that. Um, thanks, Tony. So just to... Let me see here. Hang on a second. Before I get there, 
as we look at the triune God and what we've learned about the, our triune God and us and our enemy, what, what's new tonight that we have uncovered? <coughs> what have we learned? You guys can cheat. No, just kidding. <laughs> what came to light for you guys about, about, yeah, God the Father, the Deliverer Jesus, the Holy Spirit, humanity, the enemy, the kingdom of God? Yeah. Um, so there you have him orchestrating that, that, affirming that, that he's, he's the orchestrator. I like that. God the Father, orchestrator. And what he said must come true. Yeah, must yeah. Happen. Authoritative, right? How about Jesus the deliverer? What did we. Even now, we have the body. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And he's alive. Alive forevermore. How about the Holy Spirit? Because this is, this is the first that we really get of the Holy Spirit. Um, gives power. Helps us understand. It's amazing. Yeah, as he indwells the believer, right? He's the gift from the Father. I mean, in the Old Testament, uh, yeah, he's a gift. He's a promise. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon and depart and come upon and depart. But now he indwells permanently, fully, completely, which is phenomenal. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I can run and grab him. I said, I'm clipped from the mic. <laughs> You guys wish you were here, don't you? <laughs> Judy looks really warm over there. <laughs> I, she looks frozen. How about how about humanity? What have we learned about humanity through the the story of the resurrection, the appearance, and the ascension? Slow to believe. <laughs> Slow to believe. <laughs> Very skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. How about when he says to go and, and testify of me to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the world? What do we learn about humanity there and, and Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Available. He values all and he's available to all. Yes. Yeah, that'll be unbelievable, yet believable. <laughs> how about our enemy? What have we learned about him and how he works? Or maybe not how he works, what have we learned about him tonight? Sounds like things... He's ultimately successful. <laughs> he's what? He's not ultimately successful. Yeah, he's not successful. He's, he was defeated. He was, it was clenched at this point in time. We couldn't stop Jesus then, we can't stop Jesus now. That's right. Yeah, he was defeated entirely. Oh, death, where is your sting? It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 54, 55. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, oh, death is your victory? Where, oh, death is your sting? Jesus defeated death's hold over our life by his death. 
and the kingdom of God. What it, did we learn more about that tonight? It's not of this world. Not of this world? It's spreading rapidly, but there's still a lot of witnessing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it lives within us as we obey and, and give him uh, lordship of our lives. Right, yeah. <clears throat> so as we think of the truth that, that uh, Jesus came to give life, is there a part of that that you guys find hard, hard to live with, hard to accept? Um, I mean, maybe, maybe you accept it here, but it's harder to accept here. Is there any parts of, of what we covered of, of him giving life that you guys struggle with, that you're comfortable talking about? <laughs> Was there a lie that has has been in your thinking that you see being pushed out tonight with the truth? guys hear that he was saying that since being since being sick with Lyme's disease that uh, he's learned that the abundant life is simply just being with being with and having access to Christ the other things are fine and well but it's all about the communion with Christ did I summarize that yeah or did I get that So why are we, why, why are we going to say something? What age will they be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up our final discussion here, why are we right with God? What, what makes us right with God? Pardon me? Oh, she wants me to prod you guys. Why are you right with God? What are you resting on? Um, I let her put my mic off for good reason. Because <laughs> you're muttering with your mic off? That's what I heard. Yes, because we're good people is what I said to Katie. <laughs> oh, give him a slap for me, Katie. <laughs> Yeah. And then 
what do we rest on? What do we what do we rest in when we think of eternal life, the re- the access to God that we have? The finished work of Christ. It's the firstborn of the dead, meaning there's many to follow. Firstborn of the dead, many uh, to from follow. The dead. Yeah. Firstborn from the dead. And do we and do we genuinely rest? I, I, that's maybe. I'll, I'll challenge you guys with that because I challenge myself with that question. Do I rest in that truth? Or do I still strive? He's striving, the scriptures say, and know that I am God. For salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to man which, by which we must be saved. Acts 4.12 I think what we have to Yeah. It's like someone said to me once, it's like when you're in Christ, in God's eyes, you're perfect. So what can you add to perfection? What can you bring to make Jesus' perfection upon you better? Anything? Right. There could be other, a little bit of other motives there to receive some credit or praise or, yeah. That's right. Yeah. To be ever, yeah, to be ever increasing in the knowledge and wisdom of God. So, a reminder of our hook, Jesus came to give life. We see that Jesus rose bodily from the dead. He gives a gift of eternal life that he defeats sin and death and Satan. That he restores relationship with the eternal Heavenly Father with himself and offers that to us, our Heavenly King, the final judge. Can you hear the seagulls good? Because that's what I'm hearing right now. Um, And he paid the full price of sin. It is finished. And he gave believers a call to evangelize and teach others. God is holy and faithful, you guys. We, we, we have seen that as we've gone through the Word, as, as we've looked through... I'm nervous to open up the bigger pages that I have of these pictures. Um, as we've gone through the Word, um, we've seen how God is faithful to His Word with Abraham, with Noah, the flood, all the promises of, of the Deliverer as He's gone through. We know that He is faithful, and, and He was faithful with, with raising Jesus from the dead, just as He promised. And we can struggle, I know, like this stuff can, it can rest in our, in our thinkers, you know, we can think biblically, but it doesn't drop down to our hearts. So we can struggle to understand these truths and, and claim them and, and hold to them and rest in them. I, I mean, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the completed word right here in our hands today. Um, and I just want to encourage all of us, and I say this to myself too, we don't need to doubt or we don't need to wrestle anymore. That that there is rest to enter the promised land, so to speak, to enter his rest fully. If we, if we, any of us do struggle with this good news that, that Jesus paid the debt that we could no longer, that we could never pay, then maybe our thinking, it goes back to our first lesson of what is our authority. Maybe our, 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 our we're allowing our authority to be something else. Maybe our own logic or, or voices around us, but not, not the word. But as with the disciples, Jesus 
will be gracious with us as we seek to know and, and follow him and he, he empowers us to do that. He opens our eyes. He opens our heart. He opens the way to God the Father. <clears throat> so yeah, I pray that he would continue to do this for us as, as we seek to grow in him. So John 10.10, 10, this verse summarizes God's heart for the, man, for the lost humanity. God, who is creator of all things, Satan, who is the deceiver and father of all lies. Satan is a created being under God's authority and, and he is defeated. We see that tonight. God, who is in his desire, he desires to bless mankind and, and give us abundant life in himself. And we have a great message to proclaim that devoted disciples with unlimited love for Christ, who count no sacrifice too great for him, the will of God is evangelization of the world. What are we going to do about it? <clears throat>